If you could, please open your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3. That's 2 Timothy chapter 3. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, you can find one online. They're pretty easy to find. You can open your phone and just go check it out. might recommend a Blue Letter Bible. It's a good, good site. So, we've had a little bit of a lighter congregation this morning because the fact is a lot of people have a cold. I'm one of them. And because of that, uh, there are fewer people here and there are fewer people hearing the things that I'm, uh, I'm going to say, which is really great because, you know, to be honest with you, this sermon is kind of the easiest one in the series that we're going to do. We're doing a series right now, by the way, uh, through the nine marks of a healthy church. We're calling it a, a biblically healthy post-COVID church. Uh, it's based mostly around uh, the way that a guy named Mark Dever reads the Bible. And so we're going to actually follow through and show how the things that we do as a church are found in Scripture. And the first thing that we're going to be talking about, the first thing from this week, is going to be something called expositional preaching. Yeah, I know it's big words, not something that most people are going to talk about. Nobody really gets excited about saying expositional preaching. I think that's a mistake, to be honest, because expositional preaching is honestly one of the bases, bases, one of the easiest bases to find why a church might grow into good, solid biblical health. And it's simple. The reason for that is pretty simple because expositional preaching from what you can tell by the word, I take out, I exposit, I tell you what the text of scripture says. My job as a pastor, as a preacher, when I stand up here is not merely to put on a nice jacket and not merely to make sure that I've got lots of good words to tell you. It is to open the word of God, the Bible, and tell you what it says. I know it doesn't sound very sexy. It's not very exciting sounding at the basis, though that also is a bit of a problem because Let's face it, there is nothing more important than the Word of God if we're going to be accurate about what the Word of God is. That's why I'm going to make you turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. The reason that this is the first sermon, too, in this series, it's not because, by the way, we worship the Bible. Christians don't worship Bibles. Uh, anybody who, who, who tells you that Christians worship the Bible doesn't quite understand what, it mean, what we're talking about. But the reason that we put the Bible first, the reason that we talk about expositing scripture first, is the same reason that if you open a systematic theology book, they'll start off with their doctrine of scripture. It's because if you want to talk about God, if you want to talk accurately about who God is, your, your information, your evidence, your basis is going to have to come from somewhere. And we would say that the fastest, easiest way to learn about God, the most accurate way to learn about God, is to look at what God says. If you want to obey God, you need to actually look at what God has revealed. 
to know and obey God, you have to obey and know what God says, namely the Bible. And of course, it's, you will have noticed that the way that we preach uh, and this sermon and many of the other sermons, what I'm going to describe to you sounds an awful lot like the way we as a church generally preach because we have been focused on this idea for quite a while. The basis of Calvary Baptist from its inception has been the desire to be biblically faithful, to be faithful to what God tells us. To do, as Charles Simeon says, to bring out of Scripture what is there and not to thrust in what I think might be there. I have a great jealousy on this head, never to speak more or less than I believe to be the mind of the Spirit in the passage I am expounding. And I'm going to try to do that today to explain to you why expositional preaching is important. Essentially, we need to recognize that a preacher is a messenger not an innovator. You are not here to hear my intelligence, my good ideas, my amazingness. You're here to hear what the Word of God says. I just bring you the message. If you have a problem with the message, if I'm doing my job properly, your problem is with the Word of God, not with me. If it, if it is actually with me, well, then I've made a mistake. My Anything that I say has to come from what God says. And, and just to get you, spoiler alert, as to why this is important, we'll talk about it when we get through 2 Timothy, and I'm going to start to read it 3.12 and then go down to 4.5. It's because if we want to live a healthy Christian life, if we want to obey who God is, what God says, we need to care what he says. And that's why we read the Bible. That's why we do this. And as has been said a couple of times in Matt's testimony and in uh, the things that Jennifer said during the service, the fact is we don't have it easy as Christians. When you become a Christian, you don't suddenly get magical superpowers that make you capable of living the Christian life without any trouble whatsoever. You get the Spirit of God to help you to live better, but you don't suddenly become Superman. Uh, I, I remember when I first became a Christian, I remember these little, these little tracts that people would hand out to me. And for some reason, every time you read these tracts, a person who became a Christian suddenly bought a suit, got nice hair, and wore a tie all the time. That's how you became a Christian. Now, I, I have nothing against ties. I kind of like them. I look good in them. So I usually try to wear them. Uh, I'm not wearing it today because, to be honest with you, my, my shirt is a little too small for me, so I couldn't wear it properly. Oh, well. But we don't magically change that way. What really happens usually in the Christian life is when you come to saving faith in Jesus, God begins to work through his word and through his spirit to change you slowly, as the word says, from one degree of glory into another. You find yourself becoming more and more holy as God works on your life, but it doesn't happen all at once, usually. There will be some things, some people have told me about times that things changed magically for them, and some praise God for them. For me, it's been uh, now a 26-year journey of learning and understanding. 
And that's why we, when we come to 2 Timothy chapter 3, we see the words that we do. This is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12 to chapter 4, verse 5. By the way, just to let you know, uh, I'm going to go through over a chapter break. Some people have problems with that. Chapter breaks are not inerrant or infallible. They're just things that were added later so we can find things easily in our Bibles. So uh, generally speaking, when you're reading a Bible, when you're reading, say, Timothy or something like this, think of it as a single letter, one person writing a long letter to, his, to the church that he's talking to. In this case, Paul writing to his uh, friend Timothy, who is the elder at the church of Ephesus. It goes like this. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evil people and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry." Now, just a couple of things you should probably remember as we think through that, this passage. First of all, this is Paul, the Apostle Paul. He wrote a large chunk of the New Testament. He is an apostle, and he has a bunch of people who work under him who have worked in these other churches to uh, be elders in these local churches. And one of those elders is a guy named Timothy, and he's an elder at the church of Ephesus. So this is one senior pastor, kind of, saying to a slightly more junior pastor, here's what you need to do, brother. I should probably also mention something. Some of you, if you're using different translations, when it went through that word, there's a, there's a uh, pass, word, verse there that's memorized by lots of people, uh, 2 Timothy 3.16. You know, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for, tech, for teaching, for correction, and proof. All scripture is God-breathed. Some of your translations are going to say, all of scripture is inspired. That's true. It's literally what the word means, theanostos. It actually means God-breathed, literally. But inspiration used to mean that, generally. The reason I'm not using the word inspiration here, it's because... Honestly, modernly, people have used that word in a lot of strange ways. People will say, uh, I don't know, a painter is inspired. Or that, that person who is a really good speaker, he's inspired. Or, you know, that, that, that poem is very inspired. That's not, uh, they may be, they may be, you know, very talented in what they do. But what the text of scripture means here is literally that God said this stuff. God breathed it out. 
When you read scripture, you're not just reading interesting opinions people have had about God throughout history. You're reading what God says. It is God-breathed. When the Bible speaks, God speaks. And because of that, that's why we need to preach the word the way we do. Why we preach on Sunday mornings from the word of God to tell you what the word of God says. And I'm going to make the claim that 1 Timothy 1, or sorry, 3, 12 to 4, 5, actually explains why this is the case. You see, the church at Ephesus has had a problem. It's not a new problem. It's not something that we see only in the book of Timothy. In fact, uh, last month when we were reading through the book of Acts, you would have noticed this when you got to Acts chapter 20. Paul is talking to the Ephesian elders. We don't know if Timothy was one of them, but Timothy eventually would have been an Ephesian elder. And he says this. This is what Paul is saying in Acts chapter 20, verses 28 to 32. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease day or night to admonish everyone with tears, and now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. The church is not magically protected from all error. The way we are protected from error is through the word of God and through its application and reading. And unfortunately, there are opponents to the truth of God. There are external opponents. 2 Timothy 3.12 and 13 say this, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Brothers and sisters, I hate to break it to you. If you know Jesus, if you love him, and if you want to obey him, this is a promise of scripture. It's not one that they usually put on coffee mugs, but it is a promise of scripture. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. There's a simple reason for that. If you want to disobey God, if you want to do something wrong, if you want to be, well, I'll use the big word, evil, because that's what it is to oppose God, you will find in the world people who would prefer you shut up. People who would prefer you didn't live the way that, you've, that you find in the word of God you need to live. Because this is the way that people work. If I'm doing something wrong, I don't want to be faced with how I'm doing something wrong. And so I'm going to try to make you guys either shut up or agree with me. So that I don't have to feel bad about myself. It's much easier to do that than to actually look into my own heart and repent of the things that I'm doing wrong and correct the things that God is calling. It's always so much easier for me to make other people do things for me. And that's why if I am going to be a sinner, I'll be defensive. 
I'll be, I'll be persecuting. I'll be persecuting people. And you see, here's the problem, too. If I embrace my sin, I become an evil person. Evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse. Not merely deceiving, but also being deceived. You see, if you don't have the truth of God, if you don't desire to hear God's truth, you are going to follow deception. That's the way it works. I mean, people will say, you know, well, isn't that very uh, undemocratic? Well, the truth is very undemocratic. It's much, much easier to be wrong than to be right. Look at my math exams for, any, for reference. I have thousands of great ways to be wrong about math. And the worst part about math, there's only one way to be right, usually. That's actually true generally. Things are true or they're false, but it's much easier to be false than to be true. So more people are going to be false than true. So the world is going to oppose scripture for, uh, godliness from without, but it's, it's going to be worse than that. And I think, I think you might have gathered this by the other thing. We can wander ourselves. We can find ourselves desiring not to follow God. Look at uh, 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 to 5. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. It is so much easier to be a, 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 a sinful person if people will get up in pulpits like this and tell you that sin is okay. It's much easier if you do that. And so, so often, I am going to, if I want to embrace my sin, if I don't want to follow God, it'll feel so easy to find people who will tell me what I want to hear. They won't exposit from what God's word says. They'll simply posit what they say. They will turn from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. They'll come up with all sorts of ideas about what the scripture really says. Every three weeks, it seems somebody discovers a new false gospel, you know, the gospel of Thomas, the gospel of Mary, all sorts of interesting gospels, foolish myths that people try to come up with to try and undercut the word of God. And there is a simple reason why we would do this and why I think Satan would actually be on the side of doing this. Because according to this text, according to what we see in 2 Timothy 3 to 4, God actually has given us a solution for this problem. Our desire to wander away into silly myths, our desire to avoid the truth, there is a solution to this, and God has provided it. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. What does he tell Timothy to do? I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead. That means Christ Jesus is very, very important. I'm charging you in a very important way and by his appearing and his kingdom for all things that are good, for all things that are holy. Preach the word. Notice, it doesn't say preach alone. It says preach the word. There is an object that needs to be preached. There is something that we need to, to expound upon. I don't just get to come up with new ideas that I saw on, my latest, on the latest TED Talks. I need to tell you 
what the word says. I preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season, whether it's popular or whether it's not, whether people like to hear it or not. My job, if I am called of God to stand up here and tell you what the Bible says, my job is to tell you what the Bible says. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Keep that in your head, by the way, that, that order there, reprove, 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 rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Keep that in line there. But I'm just going to continue down to verse 5. As for you, be sober and, uh, sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Remember, this is written to, to a, an elder to do what he does in the pulpit. This means that if you, brothers and sisters, are ever called to tell people about what the Word of God says, you tell them what the Word of God says. You don't make stuff up. You don't simply give your opinion. You open your Bible. You show them where it says it, and then tell them what it says. Fulfill your ministry. That's what it means to fulfill our ministries as preachers. That means, by the way, too, for those of us who are going to be sitting in in the pews, most of the time I'm sitting in the pews with you. Don't put up with people like me standing in pulpits and not preaching the word. Seriously, if you hear me saying stuff that you don't see in the word of God, come talk to me. Rebuke me. Teach me. It's important. Because the word of God is more important than my beliefs. It's more important than my self-esteem. It's more important that I know what God teaches us and that I obey it. Because God is infinitely more valuable than I am. His truth is going to guide us into better joy than anything else. So let's not be lost in other things. So brothers and sisters, sit, let's sit under biblical preaching. But not just any preaching. Don't, don't care when, other pe- when the pastor pre- preaches things that seem a little difficult. Just look in your Bible and see if they're right. If they're true, he's preaching what you need to hear. If they're not in the word of God, well, he's just giving you his opinion, and that's not actually preaching the word. We need to be, I need to preach with patience and complete teaching. If you're not getting it, if you're not understanding it, my job is to still keep preaching it. That's my job. I have to be sober-minded. I need to be reasonable about it. We need to be willing to face suffering if if, if people are going to get mad at the, at the preaching that I'm going to do, okay. That's the way it has to be. But I told you to notice the word there. The, just to make sure that we understand what the word is. Notice the parallel here in verse, let me see here, uh, verse 2, I think it was, chapter 4, verse 2. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Did we just hear that from another part of that text? 
This is from uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 to 17, specifically verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for what? Teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. So when Paul says to preach the word in chapter 4, he's not got in mind some kind of uh, nebulous thing that we don't know. He actually does have an idea about what it is. He just told us in chapter 3. Namely, the word of God, that's all scripture, that is God-breathed. Because it is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. That we might be complete, equipped for every good work. So, my statement then is pretty simple. And this does sound a little arrogant, as you know, we are a church that preaches expositionally. I'm going to say that the biblical correct way for a church to have preaching is to exposit scripture. If your preacher does not exposit scripture, they're not preaching. They're not obedient to the word in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Um, that's why it's a mark of a healthy church. That's why as we come out of COVID as Calvary Baptist Church, first and foremost, we need to be a church that preaches the Bible. This is why, by the way, you, when you come here on many Sundays, you'll hear each of the pastors preaching the next chapter in the, in the book that they've been given to preach. Uh, you know, uh, after I finish Amos 2, it's Amos 3. After Steve finishes John chapter 12, he goes to John chapter 13. That's not because it's the only way to preach expositionally. I'm hoping that this, this passage, this sermon that I have just preached to you, is an expositional sermon and it's topical. It's just harder to preach expositional topical sermons. It's easier if you've just got a listing of the, word, the books of the Bible and you just follow through and keep going. It's easier to get, get the sense of what the text is saying. A biblical healthy church exposits the Bible in its preaching. Again, as Charles Simeon said at the beginning, my endeavor is to bring out of Scripture what is there and not to thrust in what I think might be there. He had a great jealousy on this head, never to speak more or less than I believe to be the mind of the Spirit in the passage I'm expounding. By God's grace, when we see the Word of God, when we, when we hear preachers preach, we hear them preach the Word of God, we hear them preach it well, that we might understand, that we might be prepared for every good work, that we might be reproved, corrected, So what does that mean for us? What are the applications for this? Well, it's pretty simple. As we, Calvary Baptist Church, move into the future, let us be clear that we demand our preachers preach the word. And we mean that a very specific thing by that. We mean the thing that Paul seems to mean in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and 4. Namely, they exposit the scriptures to us. If, again, and, I, and I'm going to repeat this, 
if I or any other person stands in this pulpit and gives you a message that you do not see in the Word of God, talk to them. If they won't listen, talk to, your, talk to the elders. We must be clear on this one. We care about the Scriptures. They need to exposit Scriptures. But secondly, and this is going to be important because the things that, Tim, that both Timothy and Acts say about us as people are true. Our hearts are desperately wicked and we don't understand them all the time. Don't just demand expositional preaching. Listen to expositional preaching. What do I mean by that? It's always tempting when you hear something that makes you mad to just rent on it being mad. Brothers and sisters, if you are believers, before you talk to people about what the scriptures say, be sure that, it's, that, it, that the scriptures are saying what you think it's saying and not what the... Uh, uh, don't argue with me about whether or not, uh, about things that are matters of opinion or things that are in scripture. If I preach the scriptures, believe it, listen to it, obey it. Check your scriptures and make sure that, that, that that's what, what it says. Because again, if your sin, if my sin is being questioned from the pulpit, I'll always get mad about it. And I'm a smart guy. I have, I have some intelligence. Yeah, I know that's arrogant. Yeah, I have a brain. But I, intelligence is this dangerous kind of thing. You can use it either to do good or evil. I can use my intelligence to try and explain ways why something that is true is actually false. It's, you know, what we talked about in the text, deceiving and being deceived. My intelligent people find it easier to be deceived, not harder, because they have better brains to be able to figure out ways to, be, to deceive themselves. So brothers and sisters, as we look into the Word of God, as we hear people preach, let's be careful to make sure that we see the stuff in Scripture. This is why, by the way, I'm going to be very old school here. Bring your Bible to church and open it. When I stand up here or Pastor Steve stands up here or any of the interns or, or preachers, open your Bible, seriously. And here's the, the final point, and I say this with some trepidation because, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of, a, again, a problem in some cases. If you don't have a church that will preach the word of God to you, find another church. I actually mean that. If it ever happens in the future that Calvary Baptist Church stops preaching the word of God, first of all, try and get us to change back to what, what it is. Or with all due respect, find another church or plant one. It is this serious. The word of God is this important. Brothers and sisters, if we want to live faithful lives here in a world that does not love the gospel, that doesn't love Jesus, it's not just gonna magically happen. We need to actually follow what God says. God has given us the means of grace through his word to move us to love him more. 
to be transformed from one degree of glory to another, to be sanctified over time. But we need to follow him. We need to obey him. Let's pray. Lord God, you are good beyond all measure and by your grace, I praise you that you've given us your word. Lord God, it's easy for me to imagine that uh, I understand things better than, th- than this, but I, Lord God, you are working by your spirit in my congregation and my hearers. I pray that you would be. I pray that you give us an unshakable confidence in your word. Your word that is not merely the opinions of men, but is breathed out by you onto the, onto the pages. How do we know you? Because you've revealed yourself. So Lord God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to my brothers and sisters today. Let's pray in Jesus' name. Amen.